So today we are going to talk about prayer. But the best way to learn about prayer is to actually pray. So I'm going to have us pray now for a little while, and then I'm going to have us pray afterwards the message for a little while. And this prayer, I'm going to guide, prompt what you might pray for, and then afterwards it's going to be left more open, you and God deciding what you want to talk about. So let's pray together, and let's start just by praying for Ashley and for Allie and their families as they get started here. Would you just send blessing? Pray what the Lord puts on your heart for one or both of those women and their families, and they're working here. Thank you for them, God. Thank you for bringing them here right now. Monday through Thursday here is VBS. Would you pray for the kids that will be here, for the kids that haven't even decided they're going to be here yet? Would you pray for them and for all the, the people that are helping, the leaders that are helping? Would you pray for VBS this week? God, what do you want to do at VBS this week? We want what you want. Would you do what you want to do? Every person that comes here, would you bring every person you want here, here this week? Pray especially for Lauren. May your hand be over her. May your hand be over she and Nolan, protecting them this week using her leadership and all her gifts to lead us. Just a couple more things. You pray for Uganda or Ukraine. Pray for Uganda or Ukraine. And lastly, would you pray for me? Pray that the, that the Lord would guide what I say and what I don't say. 
And as those prayers are prayed, God, I pray that you would guide what is heard and what is not heard. That each person would hear just what you have to say to them. Nothing more, nothing less, by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have a seat. We are going to read from Matthew chapter 5, verses 5 through 15. These are words that come from Jesus, and like I mentioned, they are his teaching, one of his teachings to us about prayer. So Jesus says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the reading of God's word. So this passage is uh, one of Jesus' three examples of a point he's making. We talked uh, last week about one of the examples, which has to do with giving. Next week, we'll talk about fasting. But it all, it's all introduced by uh, what Jesus says in chapter 6, verse 1, which is, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And then he goes on to give three examples. He says, don't do your acts of righteousness, your, your good religious things, don't do those to be seen by other people. And then because then you won't get a reward from God. What does that mean, you won't get a reward from God? Well, you are doing it, motivated to do it, because of what you want other, to get from other people, from human beings, and me too. So if, we're, if that's our main motivation is we just want to impress people, we don't want to disappoint people, we don't want to be misunderstood, and that's the most important thing about why we're doing what we're doing, then God says, okay, you're looking for something from human beings, not mainly looking for something from me, I'll go ahead and step aside. And you can get what you're looking for from who you're looking for, mostly. And on the other hand, if we're motivated by living for God, by knowing we need God, by trusting it's best to follow God, there God is. He shows up in these things that we're doing. We live in a world, though, where what is being subtly or not so subtly being being reinforced over and over again is you need to be seen. It's good to be seen. Somebody's got to look at me. I mean, think about social media and what Jesus says 
in this verse and in these three sentences, or three examples. Are you doing things to be seen by other people? To make sure other people see it and notice it and like it? View it? Does some of our identity get wrapped up in how many friends or followers or views or because we want people to see it? Now, I am not, I'm not against social media and the ways it can um, bring community. I'm not against celebrating good things that are happening in our families. And, and also, you cannot be on social media and totally be a person that's always trying to make sure other people see or notice. But social media is particularly sneaky and difficult to navigate if you're really trying to follow Jesus and take his words seriously. Because a lot of the point of it can be, be seen. Look at me, look at my kids, look at my boyfriend. Look at that I don't need a boyfriend, don't have a boyfriend. I mean, whatever, but it's like, look, look. I'm looking for some sort of validation out there. And then what are the results? So, so God would say, and so you will get that. You will get what you've put your energy towards. But what are we not putting our energy towards in the midst of that? So I want to come back to that in a moment. But we're going to go through a, f- a few parts of what Jesus teaches. Now, this is not the best passage for a pastor like me. And I say that because I could do a long sermon series just on these verses. We have done. I mean, we've done the sermon series just on the Lord's Prayer. So I'm trying to be pick out a few things. I'm not trying to teach everything that he said about praying here. But verse 5, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corner to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward, their reward in full. Now, in all of Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5 through 7, what's helpful to do is to remember a couple things. One is that Jesus is teaching um, to, to a group of people that live very differently than us. And so we're trying to figure out, like, so he was saying it to them, not do I avoid what they were doing, but how am I just like that? And the second thing is, his goal is what kind of person you are. So here are examples of it, but not just limited to these examples. And, and why I say that is because you can follow Jesus like, don't pray, standing on street corners, trying to get attention for yourself. Well, I don't think very many of us are tempted by that. Even people who like to pray, like the sound of their own voice when they pray, even those people, I mean, to stand up, look at me on a street corner, it's like, well, check. I won't do that. We're good, right? No. No, Jesus' point is to sound impressive, to let people know how much you pray, to, again, looking for recognition, approval, affirmation from others. We say we use our prayers in that way. And at some point, we aren't even praying anymore. You know, if you stand up here and pray, like I do most weeks, then there are times when I'm not praying. I'm talking to you. I don't think of it that way, but that's what happens. I have to keep reminding myself, you know what? Since it's time for me to pray, 
It's no longer time for me to worry about what you're hearing because I'm just talking to him, even though you're all in the room. And if I'm not intentional about that, I will twist into praying things to send a message or praying things because it may sound, does this sound good or not sound good? No, we're just talking to God now. You could be a person who never wants to pray out loud. I don't pray out loud. I'm not going to pray out loud. And actually, that would be violating this. You could be violating this. Because your reason for not praying out loud is because of how, how you're seen by human beings. And it's more important to you that you aren't seen, say something wrong, embarrass yourself, this is, I'll be done. So, you, you, so I'm not going to pray out loud because what matters more is, is how other people see you when you're praying out loud than what you're saying to God with other people. See, the whole point is, who's most important when we go to pray? And when it comes to praying out loud, for many of us, whether we feel confident in praying or whether we don't like praying out loud, the answer is what everyone else thinks in the room. And when that's not present, it's like the greatest prayer times ever. I'll never forget praying with Chris, well, I shouldn't say your name, except you showed very little inhibition in life when I knew you, Chris. So anyway, I'll just leave it at Chris, not Chris Peden. Chris, who I went to, to college with, he was a crazy wild man. Wore mechanics jumpsuits to all his classes, brought his books in him with a bowling bag wherever he went. I mean, it's hard to believe I noticed that because he rarely went to class. The guy was just wild, and he became a Christian, uh, just all-out Christian, and beauty be told, but he didn't change his personality. He kept wearing that, so he kept, it was awesome, and, and we became prayer partners. We lived together in a house, and we had prayer partners. We were weird guys. It's not how we started college, none of us, but by the end of college, we have prayer partners, and when we go to pray, he would just be like, Lord, can you help this person? I mean, they need some help, and and, uh, oh, and can you help our, we were also a fantasy football team together. Can you help our fantasy football team? I mean, I know, I know I shouldn't really even be praying about that. It's not that important, but I mean, it doesn't hurt. So if you could help, that would be good. By the way, that's the only year I won fantasy football for like a decade. And I tried it after he left. You know, when I, I tried praying, didn't hear my prayers, but it was just like, he's just talking to God. His voice didn't change at all in how he talked to me and how he talked to God. That's a beautiful thing. So that, we aren't to, to be praying in order to be seen by Now, here's one other thing that I notice. Again, I'll just give an example about myself. You can decide whether this would sometimes apply to you. But sometimes we are more interested in telling people that we're praying for them than actually praying for them. Like, and it's, it's not a bad thing to let someone know you're praying for them. People feel, feel cared for when they're praying for them just need to make sure we actually do it. And for people that I talk to from our body who, who take seriously, these are the things that are going on in church or in a community, in the world, in their family, they'll say like, it gets tiring. There's a lot of things to pray for. But they actually pray. And it might be better sometimes that someone doesn't know you're praying, but you're actually praying than to tell someone you're praying and then hardly even toss anything up. 
But what would motivate us to say we're praying or we're going to pray more than actually praying? Well, that's when our eyes are more on, how am I doing here? How am I doing here? I want you to know I care. That's awesome. Just tell them you care. Or actually pray. Okay. Verse 6. When you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, he is contrasting a person who they pray when it's time to pray in the spots where everyone will look good if they pray. They'll pray there, and they'll, the kinds of praise they pray to be seen by others. And he's saying, now compare, if that's your temptation, maybe you should primarily go to a quiet place. Nobody needs to know. God knows. That's the most important thing. God knows. It doesn't mean never pray aloud. It doesn't mean, mean never pray with others because we've got the rest of the Bible and Jesus' own life to show us that that's not what he meant. But there is something that's accomplished by praying with others by having someone pray for you or you pray over them out loud, by praying in a corporate... There, there, there are different things that are accomplished that way than what is accomplished just you and God in a quiet space with no one knowing. To Jesus' point, whether they know or not isn't the big deal. It's just that that's not what's driving you is whether people know or not. <clears throat> What's driving you is you want God, relationship with God, to be seen by God. What I find interesting in these passages is why there's this emphasis on God is unseen. He talks about giving. Give, then God who is unseen will see you. When you go to praying, God who is unseen, your Father who is unseen, will see that you're praying. When you go to fast, your Father who is unseen, why, why the big emphasis on that he's unseen? Now let's compare this to our social media world, to our YouTube world, to our video game world. It's just... See, 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 see. And what's most important is what I can see. And, you know, these slow-moving storyline things, they aren't good enough. We need to keep it coming. I need to see a lot. I need lots of posts. Scroll through a lot. Go fast. See. It's what I see. It's what I see. Does anybody see me? I'm, I'm focused on what I could see in other people, or can people see me? And then we feel empty. The more we're in this world, the more empty we feel, the more anxiety goes up. It's not bad to be in that world. There are ways to connect well in that world. But when that world is the driver, what can be seen, it's really hard to focus on unseen. God, who is unseen, fills us with things that are unseen. 
that's part of the reward. And I think in our life, if it's just us and God, a lot of times there's not much there. Because we have trouble dialing in to the one who is unseen. And when we try for just a little bit, it's not as instant as this. And so we're bored, we get agitated, it just doesn't work, I'm not feeling anything. But a person who cultivates a life in secret, focusing on the one who is unseen, then gets gifts that are unseen. Joy, peace, inner strength, a sense that you're not alone, a sense that someone will help you through because you know that person, because you talk to that person. But connecting with a person who is unseen is different than how we interact with things where we want to be seen, have to be seen, focused on what is seen. There's two different things. God is unseen. So you have to go looking for him differently than, than things that are seen. And it just struck me this morning how humble God is. Like, I kind of disagree with God. Like, God, just make yourself more obvious all the time. Wouldn't that be better for everybody if you just blast, you know, show yourself all the time, just make it so it's just undeniable? He has his reasons. The one who is unseen says, I will show myself to the ones who come looking for me. Then they discover I've already been looking for them, waiting for them eager to be with them. Now, that would be a good segue into prayer. But I would like to... I actually was... That was going to be my end, ending thought, maybe drawn out a little bit more. But the last few days, I just... I have this, this nag that won't go away. And it has to do with how Jesus' teaching on prayer ends. I mean, he is pretty consistent in this. He talks about, you know, this is how people give like we're to be seen. You shouldn't do that. I mean, I've, I've told you the pattern already. He does it with giving. He does it with prayer. He does it with fasting. But then with prayer, he adds, and this is how you should pray, what, what's known to us as the Lord's Prayer. That makes sense that he would insert that before he goes to that last, you know, rhythm of how he's been teaching on this. But he says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom. No. That's not what he says next. I mean, that is the prayer of the ages. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you will do not forgive others their sins, 
your Father will not forgive your sins. Man, talk about a buzzkill. And what does that even mean? I think a lot of times how I originally thought about this was, was had to do with like salvation. Like at the end, like if I didn't forgive, does that mean God's not going to forgive my sins? I think it has more to do with how we experience presence. So if we want to experience God's presence, we need to look at him as unseen. And remember, there's a different way to approach someone who is unseen. And, and there is something that has to do with forgiveness. I'm going to do them in opposite order, Jacob. Can you give me the second passage I gave you first? There's two quick verses, and then I'll bring us to a close so we can pray. Oh, that wasn't the one I thought it was. Okay, I'm just going to go off of, that's better. Let me just, uh, actually, let me just, do it. did I give you a Mark one? Let me just say it. Jesus says he has done something the disciples are like, I can't believe you did that. It has to do with a fig tree, which I don't know why a fig tree shriveling would be so impressive out of all the things he did. But man, they were stunned by that. And he says, if you have faith like this, just a little bit of faith, you can do things. You ask whatever you wish. This is what he says in Mark. So it has to do with faith and prayer. Faith, things happen. Faith, things open up. And then he says... But you better forgive. If you don't forgive, it's going to affect your prayers. Faith, that makes sense to me. I need to have confidence in God if my prayers are going to matter. Forgiveness, I need to forgive if my prayers are going to matter. Really? Well, then that Matthew 18, 18 passage. Oh, there it was. My Matthew 18, 18 passage says this. Whatever you bind on earth... Can you give me that one? Yeah, we'll be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here's what this is. Jesus said to Peter, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. They didn't have the retina scans. The phones didn't beep it in. I mean, they, they had the old school big things back then. And he says that, and then he says to Peter, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then a little bit later, it comes up again. And he says, not just to Peter, but to his followers, whatever you bind up in heaven, you got keys, so whatever you unlock, heaven gets released. Whatever you want to lock up, keeps heaven, keeps God's ways, limits what we're going to experience. The key is forgiveness. Are we going to have access to God without forgiveness? Are we going to have God's blessing flow to us for eternity without forgiveness? No, the key is forgiveness. And then he says, here you go, you get a key. And I get my key and I say, you know what, God? I want your forgiveness. I mean, I need it. I I screw up sometimes. I'm not paying attention. Sometimes it's it's just dirty. Sometimes I don't mean to, but sometimes I know I really... So I want, can we open this thing wide open Okay, and God says, sure. I live to forgive, to give, to be generous. I live that. So I got this. That's what a key is, forgiveness. And I say, yes. And then, you know what? 
you know, these people, I like them. They, they're, you know, they're trying their best. They don't mean to. Come on, I'm, yeah, the people I like. And then there's the people that did that to me. I mean, they really did, though. They don't really have an excuse. They haven't even asked for forgiveness. You know what? I'm just going to lock that thing up. I'm not going to show any. They don't deserve it. They really don't. And I'm not going to. But the reality is, I think how it works is we get one key. Do we want to unlock and let it flow for us and others? Or do we want to shut it up? We have a key to release more of heaven, to release more of presence. He's, I don't know why. He says, I've given you authority. I have, what you do makes a difference. And how much of heaven flows down and his presence flows down that we experience depends on how we use that key. That is the sermon I wasn't planning on giving. That is the sermon God's been giving to me. When we pray, we should forgive. How often should we do that? I mean, I ask for stuff every day. Help me with this. I need this. Thank you for this. Help them. How many times do I think people need my forgiveness? Well, how many times am I mad, ticked off, annoyed? Once a year. When we do communion, then I will. Or maybe every day. And what's helpful is if I can get in touch with just how much I need it for me, then I'm a lot more open to letting it go for others. So I'm going to have the team come up with that mess of thoughts out there. And we're just going to have a little bit of time, just you and God, whatever he's leading you to. The, some people, and I understand where they're coming from, really if you don't like religion. And we'll use religion as a negative thing. And I get where they're coming from. I shouldn't have opened this door. I don't mean that because I'm, I'm going to say anything offensive. I mean it because I've been going too long and I should have shut up. You need to know when to land the plane, and I didn't do it. Too late now? The plane's still hovering. we got to bring it down in a different way now, because otherwise we're going to crash. Like, we do social media religiously. Like, it's not a matter of, well, some people are religious and other people aren't. It's a matter of what our religiousness is devoted to. We open it up every day. We watch it every day. We post on it every day. We are religious about that. But then the secret place, the unseen... 
And so one of the reasons we gather, if you don't like the word religious, flush it down the toilet, but it's that we're focused on the right things. Help us to focus on the right things at the right time, which is God. Let's pray. God, before we Before we talk to you, just remind ourselves who you are. Gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. Someone who's not easily annoyed, someone who's eager to be with us. Someone who delights in us. Someone who sees the best in us. Someone who's not distant, but who's right here in our midst. Someone who's made a way for us to be with you. And so now for just a few moments, we lean into that, that you are here, right here with us, and we can talk to you. Would you lead us by your Holy Spirit?